So the lectionary today has the most famous, most beloved, most well-known verses in all of Scripture. And so if you have committed this to heart, which I know many of you have, I invite you to join me in saying the 23rd Psalm, and of course from the King James Version, because I know we know it best by heart with all the maketh and leadeth and restoreth. So will you please join me in proclaiming God's word together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And I have to share with you another translation. You know I love translations, and I think with those, as in everything in life, the more the merrier. I think when something is translated from one language to another, some of the meaning can be lost. But if you hear more and more versions of a text, it becomes more clear to you. So this is from um, Alter's translation. Psalm 23, a David psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In grass meadows he makes me lie down. By quiet waters he guides me. My life he brings back. This word is nefesh in Hebrew. And it doesn't just mean life, it means life breath. If we went back to that first story in creation, God the artist took clay, dirt, and sculpted a human being out of the clay. And it came alive when he breathed the nefesh, the life breath, into the lungs of this mud being, which he named Adam, for the, the dirt, the earth that he made him out of. So my life, my life breath, he restores. He, leadeth, he leads me on pathways of justice for his name's sake. Though I walk in the veil of death's shadow, I will fear no harm, for you are with me. And here, the psalmist changes from speaking about God and begins speaking directly to God and shows that very personal relationship that they have. So it was, he leads me, and now it's, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, it is they that console me. The rod and the staff were what shepherds used to take care of the sheep. They would guide the sheep along this right path, which he calls the path of justice, with one, and fend off any predators or foes with the other. So this is why the psalmist, who is imagining they are this lamb lying down in the grassy meadows, they are consoled and they fear nothing. So you set out a table before me in the face of my foes. You smear oil on my head. My cup overflows. Let goodness and kindness pursue me all the days of my life. 
So goodness and kindness are pursuing this fragile creature, not any predators, only goodness and kindness. All the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for many long days. Is this one of your passages that is one of your favorites of all time? And one of my favorite things about scripture is that it's not static and fixed. I think even with a psalm as familiar as this one, there's still more that we can glean from it. The Puritans said there is still more light and truth to break forth from God's holy word. And so I trust that as we turn and return to it, we can hear more and more. And one of the ways which we learn more from scripture is also by setting it against other passages. So Heidi is leading a really terrific Zoom class, um, Confirmation for Adults. And it's funny to me that so often even adults feel sometimes insecure about what they know or don't know about their faith. And so this is really a wonderful way. And you can st- it's a seven-week class, but you can jump in anytime. It's Monday nights. But it's a really wonderful way to learn from one another, to return to things you may have heard in confirmation and not thought about in a long time, or wrestle with some questions that might be on your mind. But Rita, who's sitting right here in the front row and doesn't know she's getting a shout out, said when we were talking about the Bible on Monday, your favorite passage is from Matthew, where Jesus tells us not to worry about anything. So I wanted to connect these two and think of lying down in these grassy meadows and being still out beside nature and share with you one of Rita's favorite passages. Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And he goes on to say, consider the lilies of the field. This is your favorite line, right? Consider the lilies of the field. And if you imagine now weaving these together, that we could be like this safe lamb, resting beside still waters and just looking around, appreciating the beauty in nature. They do not wear themselves out with work, and they don't spin cloth, but I say to you that even Solomon in all of his splendor wasn't dressed like one of these. So do not worry. Do not worry. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So consider the lilies of the field. Do not worry. Rest in this image that you can... Relax in nature. So this morning, your brothers and sisters in Christ, who were up earlier and didn't mind the cold and the dew as much as you all, worshipped at the Audubon Center beside the pond. And this is a long-time first church tradition where I think it was you beloved hippies in the 70s thought that it was a good idea to celebrate Mother's Day by... Some people are nodding. Yes? And it stuck because it's such a great idea. So at First Church, we have this tradition of worshiping at the Audubon at 8 o'clock in the morning to... We do not worship nature. We worship the creator. But we can worship the creator best sometimes in the good creation. So we sat beside the still waters. We considered the lilies 
we rested in God's earth and we thought about how we can breathe deeply and trust that God will restore our nefesh, our life breath, that we can rest and be cared for and be loved and hear those words, do not worry about anything. And I reminded them that there is this beautiful book called Last Child in the Woods, Saving Our Children from Nature Deficit Disorder. I don't know if some of you have read this, but it makes the case that a lot of the reasons we have higher levels of depression and anxiety than generations before is that we do not go outside nearly enough. And it isn't good for our bodies and our souls to be cooped up indoors so much. And it's been a really long winter. And I feel like now is the perfect time for all of us to spend more time outdoors and to put this into practice. So I offered them this advice, which I got from, um, from some psychologists who give this as life coping skills, and you can all try this later today. So what you do is you go sit outside, you find five things that you can see. You notice them, you count them, then you find four things that you can touch, three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, and one thing, and now I hope you've planted some herbs or you brought a snack in your pocket, but one thing that you can taste. And psychologists say that this practice can help calm people if they're having heightened levels of anxiety, even panic, that they can center themselves and go through this grounding experience of centering themselves in nature, and it really does work. So I was offering to them that it is like that phrase, call your mother. We can't all call our mothers, some of our beloved mothers, we miss, and they have gone on to that eternal rest. But call your mother as in Mother Nature. Go commune with nature. Sit outside. And I love worshiping in here because we can see right out the window. I mean, look at this beautiful tree, all in bloom. And look at how the wind is moving it. And if you were sitting outside under it, it would be an even more profound experience. When we're back in our sanctuary, we will have our beautiful Tiffany windows, which like the artists who celebrate the original artwork, it's funny to think that they are windows that obstruct your view of outside with their own artists' recreate, recreation of what the outside looks like. Not to detract from how beautiful they are, they are beautiful. But it, this is one of the ways we celebrate the creator is we imitate creation. We be artists. So we don't really celebrate Mother's Day in this church the way some other churches do because it doesn't seem inclusive to us. We don't hand out roses to those who are mothers because it sometimes stirs up feelings for people that they, it's, it's just not who we are. It's not inclusive. But I wanted to remind you all, which Amy Allison also said this morning, Mother's Day was originally an anti-war protest. It was mothers who got together to say, make a protest to the government to say, stop sending our beloved children to war. We cannot bear the thought of their bodies bloodied on a battlefield. And it was to stand up and cry out for peace. So our other scripture today comes from the Prince of Peace, 
And he was having a debate with people around him who were saying, are you the Messiah? And we have to remember the Messiah that they were expecting was not the Prince of Peace. They were expecting someone who would bring war and overthrow the Romans, their oppressors. And so this is our other scripture for today. Jesus says to the people who are challenging him, and it's during the festival of dedication, which is Hanukkah, when we remember that one of the ways God saved the people was to allow that light to burn for eight days. That was a miracle. So it's already this time of year. It was winter. And Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade or Solomon's portico. Now, this place hasn't been rediscovered, although archaeologists think they know where it is. But if you were to imagine that Jerusalem is built on a hill, and one of these hills is named Mount Zion, and before that it was called Mount Moriah, and the tradition was that it was right there where Abraham almost sacrificed Isaac before the angel of the Lord stilled his hand. So this goes back to the way God saves us and the way God saves us from violence, which we would perpetrate on each other. So this is what Jesus tells them right here in this place. He says, the people who are there gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. They are desperate to know the truth. And Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. This saving, healing, raising people up, nurturing, tending. And he has said in the passage before, he is the good shepherd. This is the kind of Messiah that he is, that he is like the one who leads you to a safe and peaceful place where you can reflect. So he says, the works I do in my father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. He's saying, you are safe. I will take good care of you and I love you. That's the kind of saving Messiah that he is. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. So the last image I want to leave you with is that this portico of Solomon, do you know columns in the ancient times? Did you ever study the Doric, the Ionic, and the, what's the last one, the Corinthian? They're like trees, and they get more and more elaborate, and the ancient Egyptians used them too. These columns were in a double row. It was a double porch built into the hill. So here they are standing outside in a human approximation of what God's good creation looks like. It was open to the outside. The wind could be blowing through. They could see the trees. And Jesus is encouraging them to trust, to have faith, to know that this is who he is. He's saying, look at everything I've taught you. Look at everything I do for you. He is the Prince of Peace. That is the Messiah who we worship. So I invite you all. It really, the sermon was much better at the Audubon. You should come next year to that service. (laughs) Breathe in. Imagine you are beside the still waters. Center yourself. Be still and know that God has got you and will never let you go. There is nothing you need to worry about. And hear these words again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Friends, may God restore your souls. May God give you back your life breath each and every day. Thanks be to God.